Welcome to Silly History. I'm Matt Pekarski. I love funny stories, especially when they come from real life. I've compiled a long list of true tales that made me laugh, and now I want to share them with you. There's a lot of crazy stuff historical figures did or said, and yet we've never heard about them. History class would have been a lot more interesting with some of these sprinkled in here and there. Not that I ever disliked learning history. Hopefully there's at least a couple of yarns you haven't heard before. Let's hear one now. Wolfgang von Kempelen had disappeared for six months from the Empress's court. A royal advisor in the Austro-Hungarian court of Maria Theresa, he was granted leave to invent something unique and wonderful. Something that would impress the Empress far greater than anything she'd previously seen. Inspiration struck after attending the performance of a famed illusionist at the Schönbrunn Palace. Now he was returned and excited to present his new invention. It was an automaton a self-operating mechanical device that mimicked human or animal behavior, like a swan moving its head and plucking a small fish out of water, or a person playing the flute. Kempelin's was even more unique. It was a man seated behind a small cabinet. His arms rested on its top, with one hand holding a long smoking pipe and the other ready to perform the task for which it was created. He was dressed in colorful robes and a turban encased his head adding to the mystique surrounding this remarkable contraption. And resting on the table was a large chessboard, on which many games would be played against the machine's myriad of challengers. Kempelin opened each of the cabinet doors to reveal an interior filled with clock-like gears and mechanisms. He proclaimed that few people, if any, would ever beat his invention. Winding up a crank on the side of the cabinet, the mannequin sprung to life, seizing a pawn and making the first move. Several in the Empress's audience came forth to take their turns at winning, but all were soundly beaten. Later nicknamed the Turk for its colorful costume, the automaton proved to be the sensation Kempelin had promised six months earlier. When Maria Theresa died, her son, Joseph II, succeeded her as Holy Roman Emperor. He, too, was infatuated with Kempelin's precursor to the modern animatronic. When the Grand Duke, Paul of Russia, made a state visit to Vienna, Joseph II ordered the inventor to demonstrate his automaton. Once again, it was a big hit, and the next thing he knew, Kempelin was on a two-year European showcase. The first stops they made were in France, where the Turk played against several of the best chess players of the time, losing some matches and winning others, including against Benjamin Franklin, who was currently serving as the U.S. ambassador. The tour continued through England, Germany, and the Netherlands, where many more challengers were beaten. Spectators marveled at the advancement in technology, but the Turk attracted plenty of skeptics too. Men of science scoffed at it, calling the whole thing a sham. Some were even so disgusted with the trickery, they publicly wrote pamphlets and articles to expose the fraud. It was nothing different than the illusionist proving that there was nothing hidden in his sleeves or that there was no false door in the vanishing cabinet. They offered their own theories on how it was operated, but none of them could ever give a complete explanation. The detractors were right about two things, though. It was a hoax, and there was a human operator hidden inside. None of the cogs or wheels worked. They were arranged in such a way that they appeared to fill the interior, but they left a small cavity for a person to fit inside. The operator 
usually a chess master himself, sat on a seat that slid back and forth, effectively hiding behind a closed door while the other was open during the initial demonstration. As the game commenced, the operator pulled various levers to operate the mannequin above him. Magnets were embedded into the chess pieces, attracting a second set of magnets on the underside of the chessboard and allowing the operator to follow the opponent's every move. Critics came close to revealing the true nature of the Turk's operation. Plenty of them were given the opportunity to inspect it, including a young Edgar Allan Poe, during its tour of the United States. There were some who posited that a child was hidden inside the cabinet and controlling the dummy. Others believed a man squeezed himself into the actual body of the Turk. Still, it would be decades before the full secret was revealed to the public. After Kempelin died, the Turk was purchased by another inventor, Johann Meltzel. Unlike the machine's creator, who would have rather broken it down and stored it for eternity after its original debut, Meltzel was a showman. Upon its acquisition, he took the automaton on tour, staging exhibitions for over 30 years throughout Europe and the U.S. He even installed a mechanical voice box, allowing the Turk to say, check, when it made a move that threatened the opposing king. Meltzel's greatest showcase was in 1809, when Napoleon traveled to Vienna for his turn against the Turk. Napoleon even attempted to cheat and trick the soulless dummy several times, failing to pull the wool over its lifeless eyes. For over 65 years, the Turk fooled thousands with its grand illusion, including kings, queens, prominent statesmen, and the greatest chess players of the time. When Meltzel died, the infamous contraption fell into the lap of new owners who sought to discover its secrets. When their fun was over, the Turk was placed on display in a Philadelphia museum, where, on the night of July 5, 1854, it was destroyed in a fire. A man attempted to rescue the modern relic, but when he reached it, the Turk was already succumbing to the inferno. As he watched it come to a fiery end, he commented that he could almost hear it saying check over the sound of the flames. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, give it a five-star rating, and share with not one but two of your friends. If I haven't told your favorite silly story from history, send me an email at nightowlbroadcasting at gmail.com. Subject, Silly History Story. This show is a Night Owl production and made possible thanks to donations by you, the listener. <laughs>